Welcome, everybody. Welcome to those of you watching on TikTok Live and those of you who are listening on the um, app, whether you're listening to me on Spotify or Apple or Google Play or Amazon Music or any of the other ones. I appreciate uh, everyone listening, whether you're live or you're listening on the replay on um, your streaming service. So welcome, welcome, welcome to Podcasty with Ryan. And we've had two episodes. Please check those out if you haven't yet. Uh, we had Jay Tay and Brandon, the real ghost hunter. So please check those out. I would appreciate it. And we're getting off to a great start here. Um, I have guests lined up the next like four months. So I don't have any uh, problems there. Um, I love asking questions and I love chatting with people. So I think this will be another great episode. Um, I am ready here. I can't think of any other housekeeping things um, that I needed to say. So with that, oh, 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 last thing. We will take questions at 10 o'clock from people who are um, in the chat, okay? And again, those of you listening through uh, the podcast, um, I appreciate you all as well on the replay. All right, so here we go. So Chris, first of all, thank you for being here. I know this is something new for you. Um, and I appreciate that you accepted because that takes some that takes some guts because I know it's not your normal everyday activity. So thank you for being with me. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. All right. So obviously with uh, your username, Trans Jedi, um, that is obviously going to be part of our discussion here. But before we do any of that, um, just tell us a little bit about yourself and what you enjoy doing. And then I'll ask you some random questions here. I'll do what I call the fire fire session. So, Sure, sure. Um, first of all, hi, everyone. I'm Chris. Um, I am a uh, intersex trans male. Um, just like everybody else, I work, <laughs> love football. Um, spend my time on TikTok, usually on debates, um, trying to bring the, you know, anti-trans issues to the forefront, especially in the climate that we're in now. Um, just trying to, you know, make it a safer space for all And you said something caught my, caught my attention. You said the environment we're in now, what do you mean by that? So the environment we're in now, so there's, you know, offhand, I would have to look it up, but offhand there's, you know, over 600 bills right now that are anti-LGBTQ, um, and a lot of them are anti-trans bills that are making it harder for trans youth and for adults for that matter, um, in a lot of states, harder to freely be themselves and to get the affirming care that they need. Um, I've always been a firm believer that if we could all come to a table with open minds, hearts, and ears, and truly listen to each other, I think the world would be a better place. Um, you made me think of something. So we just had a, a state bill, state bill 186, I think, in Indiana, um, where educa if a student wants to change their name or their gender, um, by law, we, we, the school, I'm an educator when I'm not on this crazy app, 
um, by law, we do have to notify their parents. Um, not if I feel like it, not if I want to. I have to contact their parents. I could lose my job. Um, luckily, our administration, we tell them and they handle it because we're a huge school and I just, you know, I don't have time, but he's not just, he's not just talking, you know, theoretics. It's happening. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is. And it's, it's sad because when you think about such a small percentage, right, we make up like, I think it's like one or 2% of the populace. Okay. And for such a small little fraction to be targeted and the unalive to be higher than all the other populace is a concerning rate and it feels like that just make it harder for these kids and for adults um i've personally lost friends just this year um or had friends this year get essayed just for being trans and so these bills don't make it easier for anybody in the LGBTQ, let alone trans youth and adults. Um, what a, not to get in the weeds on this particular law, but what, what, what aspect should parents play in this thing? Cause you know, if you have a 13 or 14 year old. Yeah. So like, I try to, whenever I'm in my... That's a hard question. (laughs) Yeah, so it's always different for everybody else, right? So for me, when I'm in these debates with people who really want to learn and understand why, you know, we're so adamant about, you know, teaching kids that it's okay to be different, um, is because I knew when I was five, I knew I was not supposed to be a girl. I wasn't. And technically, genetically, I'm not. I'm intersexed. I'm actually XXY. So, you know, just a little. Can you explain? Without, yeah, I was just going to do that. great detail, but. Yeah, so um, it's technically the third gender. Because yeah, some of our listeners won't know what that means. Yeah, so intersex means um, your genetics. So boys and girls, XX, XY, right? So what happens is, is sometimes the genetics get crossed and your XXY or XYY. And so you could be male presenting, but have girl parts or, you know, it could just be hormone level. Um, and so I would say offhand, just because of the things that I've done in intersex that probably 50 to 60% of trans people are intersexed because I mean, they're not one or the other. But as they hit puberty, they realize, whoa, I'm really not that gender. So back to the bills, I would say, you know, how parents can help is listening. Your kids know better than you do how they feel. (laughs) Now, now a novel concept. (laughs) I mean, now am I saying that I advocate for, you know, five-year-olds to be having surgeries? No, but that doesn't happen in real life anyways. Right. People go through and kids go through years of therapy before they can even have puberty blockers. Right. Let alone the hormones and everything else that goes with it. And that's only after, you know, PhD people have 
talk to these kids for years, their doctor, their parents, themselves have all come together and said, yeah, this is the best course. Do you, do you think the trans community is becoming, for lack of a better word, more mainstream? I mean, we have actors, actresses, the whole Bud Light issue, the Deborah, I, I hate one people. Well, Deborah caught, I mean, one actress doesn't mean that, but do you think overall that people are starting to chill a little bit? Um, I think that, um, there's a little bit of both. So just being on TikTok and being, you know, one of the, the standout influencers on TikTok for the trans community, I'm seeing the good, the good side of the recognition and being more accepting mainstream, then I'm seeing the bad parts of it. Um, is not by any means. We all, they've gone through their struggles and infightings, but what, what we're finding now is that because of such propaganda being placed from other places, the, the climate that we're in, um, we're starting to get the, well, what if we drop the T from the LGBTQ? And so I've been part of several debates on that. And I always have one stance. There would be no LGB without the T. Um, are they wanting to do, are they wanting to do that? Cause they just think the group has a different identity and connection or is it just i, I mean it's the, the negative aspect of it right now and because it's become so blown up it's taking it's kind of taking over the real issues that we're trying to get to as a community what um can you explain to us what you mean when you said there'd be no lgb without the t yeah so um stonewall right the first the first brick throne was by trans women Right. I mean, they've always been trans women, drag queens, always been the forefront of the community. And to say that they just want to separate that out just doesn't make sense to me. I think we should all be rallying around each other when, you know, one's being, I wouldn't say attacked, challenged in a way, you know? Mm -hmm. Do you think... Do you think, you know, myself being gay, um, I don't always feel that there's a lot of camaraderie with the trans community. Um, you know, I, not even to the point where there's hatred, it's just, it's out of sight, out of mind. But do you think that the, gay and lesbian community has done a poor job, fair job, or superb job in supporting the trans community? Um, in some cases... And be honest. <laughs> yeah, so I would say poor to fair. Um, I think that... I think that maybe the gay community as a whole does a poor job of supporting each other. I mean, because... I mean, let's, let's be real here. I mean, I used to be a lesbian. I mean, and even in that community by itself, there is so much infighting when really we should all be rallying. And, you know, my best friend's a gay man. We've known each other since we were 18 years old. And even in that, I laugh because 
I tell I tell all my friends, you know, on on the lesbian side, I'm like, I don't really see the guys infighting as much as we do, <laughs> or turfing as much. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, everybody has this their, is our little, bar. their little clicks. Like, this is our bar. You can't come right. here. But like for me, like, like a constant thought behind my head, like the, the girl I'm seeing. Is a lesbian. Like I ask her, I'm like, "What are your friends gonna say when they find out you're dating a trans man?" Because there are a lot of turfs. There's turfs like crazy. Yeah. And so I, I don't know. I think as a whole, just the whole world could do a better job supporting human beings, despite labels. Right. Um. So t- another policy issue is, is restrooms. I, I have heard of this restroom law, that restroom law. Um, so, so I have found with that whole restaurant or the restroom thing, it's always white heterosexual men. Don't worry about the trans men. They only worry about the trans women going in the bathroom. Right? So for me, that says more about men than it does about anything. And it's kind of... If you get to the root of the issue, what what are they most... Let's say we actually want to listen and understand. What are they most afraid of is going to happen? The only excuse I've ever heard... They're going to throw makeup on them or what? I mean... I don't know what their thing is because every trans person I know, one, most of the time you can't even tell they're trans. I mean, I don't know how many times I've stood at a urinal beside someone and they have no clue. Right. None. So it's not the trans men they're worried about. It's the trans women. And like I said, that says to me more about men than it does about that trans woman. What are they worried about? They're worried about a man being in the bathroom. A man. So a man with male organs right. goes up to the urinal in a wig? Well, and this is my point. I'm like, would you prefer that I've they... I've never seen it? that. Never. And, and let's be honest. If a trans woman walked in a male bathroom, let's be honest about what would happen. It wouldn't go over. No. It go. So where are they supposed to go to the bathroom? My first honest reaction would probably be like, oh my gosh, you just went in the wrong restroom. Cause that happened. Like people have walked in the wrong locker room at the gym and they're like, oh my God, I'm sorry. And they run out embarrassed, you know? Yeah. I don't, I don't understand the bathroom issue. We're all going there to bathroom. <laughs> who, who's in there like worrying about people's parts? And let's be real. Most trans people go in the stalls and especially trans women are going in a stall. Like, what do you well, that, that's what I was getting ready to ask. If you're if you're a trans woman with male organs, you're still going in a stall. You're, I would say you're just for your own safety. Yes, you go in a stall. Yeah, I, I've never understood the whole bathroom issue. But wouldn't a trans woman with male organs go in the female restroom anyway? They would. They would. But they're still going to go in a stall because there's no urinal in a woman's bathroom. Right. So how right. would you know? Right. So how 
what are the circumstances where someone would be like, oh my gosh, there's a trans person in the bathroom? Probably people, I would say, maybe early in transition and you, they're not, you know, as passing. Okay. Um, I hate that word, but not no, as passing to them. Um, and, and like I said, in every debate where these folks have this bathroom issue, I ask them, what is your issue? And every single time it comes down to their, there's a man in the bathroom. Well, maybe that's the problem that you need to look at. Why are you so worried about what they say is a man? Because I'm sorry, trans women are women. What are you so worried about? You should look more inward on this. And I wonder how many of these folks who are supporting these laws have actually had this quote-unquote crisis happen to them in the bathroom. They haven't. It's, it's all propaganda being spread to spread fear for no reason. Right. Well, I was going to say this is such a distraction. I mean, I've said that for, I mean, so many of these people who are fighting for these things, they probably don't have health care. Or their, um, better education, you know, better education, right. Um, their home may be going into foreclosure. I mean, there's all sorts of other issues that are much more important to them. Voter suppression. I mean, and they're sitting here worrying about who's using the restroom. Yeah. Uh, um, how many states, not that you know exactly, but how many states have these bathroom laws on the books? It's pretty much all of the southern states. Um, I'd make a joke, but I might have southern listeners, so I won't. Yeah. <laughs> I just came from Tennessee. You know what, you know what they yeah. say, the deep south is anything but deep. Yeah. But and I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Here's what's funny about that. My mother lives in Tennessee, right? I lived down there for a while. And the nicest people. It's not the actual people in these states making these laws. It's the politicians passing an agenda based on a book, whether you believe it or not, written forever ago. Mm -hmm. When we're supposed to have separation of church and state. Mm -hmm. In my eyes, you can't be a governor, a senator, a president, and say you represent the United States, but you only represent this much of No, I, I agree. So most Southern states have these bathroom bills like and school and these school bills. Like Kansas, Missouri, um, Iowa. There's a couple of them. I would love to see a poll. How many parents their child that they have to be notified that their child wants a different name or gender? What do you, I mean, do you think most parents I still feel like most parents be like, no, I have a right to know. They have a right to know, but here, here's what I say. If you want to know, ask your kid. Have a relationship with your child. Right. Because why are they scared to mention it to you? Right. There's a reason why they're not telling you that. Because they don't feel safe telling you. I mean, I grew up in a Roman Catholic, very conservative... <laughs> 
Well, not conservative, but Roman Catholic. Yeah, Roman Catholic, very straight, conservative family, and, you know, still trans. Right. (laughs) It's not, it's not, not, you know, a choice. It's not. Um, You said the word, you said the word safe, and I'd like for you to expand on safety and to a degree talk about the black trans community because that is a crisis it is the black trans community and the you know the brown trans community i mean that's latin um by safe i mean they feel safe coming to you and expressing how they're feeling and it could be little things of, you know, hey, I don't want to wear dresses anymore. Can I wear, you know, pants? Can I cut my hair a different way? Um, if most of the time, if it's a highly religious family, they don't feel safe coming forward because they've been told their whole lives that, you know, these people are going, you know, where. Yeah. And, you know, that they're not okay. Something's wrong with them. So they don't feel safe coming to you. And, and then that's when we get, you know, youth unaliving themselves or hurting themselves because they don't feel safe. They have nowhere to turn to. Yep. That rate is, I don't even know what that rate is. What? Astronomical. It's at 58%. And for 1% of the population, 58% of all unalivings? Oh, my word. Unalivings and attempts. That's an insane amount. And that that doesn't make the headlines, but bathrooms do. Right. Well, because, you know, you, you can't push that it's helping people. Come on now. <laughs> uh, so they... The fact that that's not a headline, are you saying that their, their spin on that would be, well, if we didn't have trans people, we wouldn't have this... Right. We wouldn't have this problem. We're just, they'll just go away. What do they expect the trans community, people who, see, they shout out these slogans and phrases, but then when you push them on, okay, how exactly that's going to, how exactly is that going to work? What's this group going to do? You know, they, they're, they don't have an answer. They think we're new. That's, that's every debate that I hear. This is new. I've never heard of trans people before. And when you tell them that we've been around for millennia, Go straight back to... It's in the Bible. <laughs> I mean, you can't make this stuff up. There was, it's new. Who was, the, uh, who was the man who came back from World War II and had trans surgery? It was all over the news. There was a, Oh, I can't remember the name. You know who I'm talking yeah, about? Okay. Yeah, they do. I mean, it was all over the news, and it wasn't really derogatory news. No. No. You know, kind of like the, the gay community had it fairly... The gate. There was a gay community in cities and across Berlin and other places until really the Cold War. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, India has whole communities. The Philippines have whole communities. You know, Native Americans. I mean, two-spirited people. I mean, it's not new. And I think that you know, 70s and 80s. Trans people were in the forefront because they were part of the movement. 
and then it kind of just fell back, and we all kind of got on one or one umbrella and fought for our rights. But now that they're they're taking the rights away, that you know, Big Brother feels like they can't beat up on the whole community, so they're going to pick apart the small part of the community, hoping that it creates the division like the rest of the United States. Do you, uh, I know I've asked this once, but do you think there's a growing rift between the trans community and the gay and lesbian community? I would say if there is, it's not coming from the trans community because um, we want their help. Because I think if there was more help from the HRC on this community on this topic, so many bills wouldn't have been passed. Yeah, I, I feel the gay and lesbian community, for the most part. Um, I was reading an article today about the different types of Republicans and, you know, the, the blue collar Republicans and the, you know, the more libertarian side, it was like almost half the party was not opposed to same sex marriage. This is the New York times today. They were not opposed to same sex marriage. I mean, it's even those groups. So it's become, you know, let's move on to, you don't even hear it brought up on the GOP primaries, you know, but reversing same-sex marriage. I mean, I remember when I was in college, George W. Bush wanted a um, a marriage amendment. I remember him pushing for that. And yeah. now, it's, you know, it's changed so much. Uh, I'm hoping the same thing will happen for the trans community. I'm hoping so. I hope it, it gets better, but... Unfortunately, it just keeps getting worse and worse. I'm hoping that it fades away and they stop putting us in the forefront. Because at the end of the day, we just want to live our life, go to work, pay our bills, and have fun with our families. I mean, we're no different than anybody else. <laughs> yeah, we're really not. <laughs> I do want to give a little more for people who are here listening on the podcast um, about the violence towards people of color because it i i i don't know the specifics but i know that it's it should be you know taught at every police department i mean it's yeah it's pretty bad and and even more so against you know black and brown trans women it is horrendous it is the largest number of um essays and assaults um from the police, from alt-right groups. It is, it's pretty alarming. And I I hate to say this, but I don't feel like I read in the mainstream papers. You know, I, 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 I'm a New York Times junkie. I love, I, I don't read about it that much, really. I mean, there's op-eds and there's, but you don't see. You won't hear it because it doesn't make good news. Right, we're, we're all trying to forget about the police brutality. We're trying to forget, you know, about BLM, or at least they are. They're trying to put that behind them when, in reality, I feel like BLM's been more of an ally than HRC to the trans community. I mean, well, there's- yeah, I've seen a lot of black trans members, um, propaganda information, you know, um, so before we take questions here for, for anyone who's listening now or later on the podcast, there might be one person out there listening who 
has a child that they suspect might be trans, or even if they don't suspect, they it may happen down the road, what would be your biggest piece of advice to these parents? I would say listen to your child. Um, if they tell you they don't feel like they're their gender, if they feel like they want you to use a different pronoun, listen to them. I knew when I was five years old. Listen to your kids. They know what they're talking about. Get them the help they need. Give them the support they need. Well, and, and hopefully, if, if they tell their parents, I you know I think I might be a different gender or I want to cut my hair, aren't a lot of kids even afraid to say that? Yes, they are. They are. There's a lot of, we're still getting past it, but there's still a lot of, you know, the male toxic masculinity still boys have to be boys and girls have to be girls right boys paint your nails play with dolls who cares whatever right. makes you happy right you want to wear a dress wear a dress right gender expression is the key to a happy life no matter which way it is do you think the whole do you think the trans community is being affected? Because I feel like the um, the religious right or just, you know, people who are more on the right end of the political spectrum, I feel like, and I hate to say it, they're winning with this whole thing. They are. So and I feel like it's affecting the trans community. What do you think? It is because they're they're trying to say that you know social media and wokeness is making people trans. Well, you can't make someone trans. They either are or they're not. And I and I tell people that say that I'm like, when did you decide to stay your gender? When did you decide to be straight? You don't decide these things. You just are. Right. I think. Woke has, has, I hate to say woke has gotten a bad name to a degree, but I mean, it's really not a bad thing. It's someone who accepts people who, for who they are, respects differences, and that, you know. These are basic. What's wrong human, with that? Yeah, they're basic human things. Like, accept people for face value and treat them as human beings, no matter who they are. <laughs> All right, I feel like people think woke is, you know, these. Latte sipping liberals with Birkenstocks and uh, green hair, and they all want to be called they them's, and you know they're just they want men, people who look like men, to get pregnant, and you know that's the walking that's the walking stereotype they have, which is just absurd. <laughs> Woke has been turned into a, a weapon. And it shouldn't have been. Woke is people who don't believe that people should be oppressed. People should be treated as human beings with kindness and compassion. Listening to your children. Listening to your neighbor when they say they need help. It's what used to be America, right? When I was growing up, people knew that this neighbor was gay, that neighbor was trans. At the end of the day, we were all neighbors. We were all Americans. This country needs back to, and I hate to say it, post 9-11. Do you remember what that was like as an American post 9-11? Yeah. 
Yep. We were all Americans. We didn't care who we voted for. We didn't care if you were gay, straight, bi, trans. Nobody cared. We were Americans. Yep. We were human beings. We need to get back to that. I remember that very well. Yeah. Great, good point. Um, I remember. This is totally awesome. I remember Iran after 9-11 issuing a statement supporting America. And, you know, I was like, oh, my God, you know, the people can come together. I hate that it takes something like that. But, you know. All right. Thank you. That was I hope I hope all of you got something from that. Myself, our listeners who are listening later. um, Thank you for sharing that. Um, you know, you're not asking for the world. I just want to live in peace. <laughs> right. Have Have you ever felt? How often do you feel like you're 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 not safe? And by that I mean not not emotionally. I mean like yeah, so, I could be physically yeah. assaulted. Yeah, and I don't mean really to get too personal, but every day you walk out. All it takes is one. So, like, I'm going to Pride this weekend, right? Me and my roommate are going to Pride this weekend. Where are you located? I'm in Wisconsin. Okay. So, I already know, right, that there's going to be nonsense there because it's been at every major Pride. There's going to be people spewing hatred. And somehow you have to look past that to celebrate with like-minded people yourself despite everyone trying to tear that down yeah exactly all right does anyone um does anyone in the chat have some have some questions for us we've got a lot of information and um i am thrilled that you're on i really enjoyed this um you know i i i have friends in the trans community but a lot of times when we're um, some of our best friends, Trish and Renee, um, Trish is, um, excuse me, Renee is trans. And, you know, when we're hanging out with them, we're playing cards or, you know, watching a movie or uh, going out to dinner. We're not sitting around like, let's talk about, <laughs> you know, kind of, kind of dampens the dinner conversation. <laughs> so it's nice to have, you know, to have this explicitly for this. Because with our friends, you know, we're not going to be so, Renee, you know, what's the current status of the trans community? You know, it doesn't really go with cocktails. So, (laughs) so we would love to have some, hey, Brandon, hi, everyone. We would love to have some questions from all of you. If anyone, if anyone, if you don't have a question, you know, Chris may have answered most of them. So, but if you do have a question, and you would be willing to ask, please put it in the chat and I would love to uh, have it. We have one from Spicy Love. Let's see here. How, okay. How old were you when you told your family and how did you know you would be safe or heard? Good question. How old were you when you told your family's first question? When I told my family, so first when I came out as gay, um, I was 19 and I was not safe or heard. I actually got disowned. Um, it took about a year and a half, two years for them to come around. When I started growing my beard in my 30s, um, 
my older sister actually convinced me to stop living for everybody else and stop worrying about everyone else and be happy. Um, it was not received very well. Um, they came around to it. Um, I How old were you when you told them? I was in my 30s. Oh, okay. I don't remember exact age, but I was in my 30s. Uh, okay. I had been but before that, you had told them that you were a lesbian? Yes. Yes. And how was that taken? Not well. <laughs> Not well. Okay. They eventually came around. Yeah, it took them a year or two. They came around eventually, and you know. Did they ever apologize for that? Um, I wouldn't say apologized. We kind of just agreed to disagree. Um, my father, you know, apologized for not talking for two years and that he missed me, you know. Good. Things like that. Um, I didn't fully, fully transition surgically, um, until my father had passed away. Um, not, not out of maybe fear of his rejection. Um, it was more so that I didn't have anybody else to let down maybe in the back of my head. Um, and so I was like, I'm just going to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, my mother is still alive. We do not talk. Um, she's not very supportive. Um, she, you don't she, talk at all? No, not at all. We, she's accepting in one breath and not in the other. So has, That's her problem, not yours. Right, right. And so I've cleansed of all toxicness in my life. So she is one of them. So until she stops the toxic behavior, she which is a shame because I'm pretty awesome. (laughs) So your sister's very supportive. Yes. So both my sisters are supportive and so is my brother. Um, And does your mother talk to them regularly? Um... Not the middle, not my youngest sister. She does talk to the brother and my older sister, but not as frequently. And I didn't know if they ever tried to say like, hey, mom, like. They do. It just goes in one ear and out the other. Okay. (laughs) So, um, yeah. So I would say full transition. I've been out in transition for the past 15 years and everybody knows and I don't care really what anybody thinks at this point. I'm kind of living my life for me. Right. Um, Does anyone else have a question? We would love to answer it if you do. I'm all for it. I'm all for the questions. I'm going to open up. Yeah, any other questions? Even if there's any, you know, trans folks in the the chat, if you have any questions for any of those things. We do have we do have some trans folks in the chat. Chris, they, have I told you you're handsome yet? Spicy Love says. <laughs> Thank you, Brie. I love your face. <laughs> <laughs> Does anyone else have a question? Good. Okay, I'm doing all I can, but what can I do more? And She Pirate um, what, what is a, are, I believe heterosexual, but I could be wrong, she pirate, but good question. What else can I do? That's a great question for you. What else, what are people, what else can people do that maybe they're not doing that? It's just simple Uh, things, simple things. The biggest one is stop voting for people 
spewing hatred. Stop it in its tracks. Tell them they're wrong. They're absolutely wrong. 99% of their propaganda is wrong. They are misinformed. And there are a lot of people that support the trans community on a day-to-day basis, but they just don't realize when I vote for these folks. That's a big one. It's it's hurting people. It's hurting people. What's that? Who you vote for matters. I mean, look at the Supreme Court right now. The Supreme Court has totally told women their bodily autonomy is no more. And that's a shame. And that also goes for trans men, because, I mean, let's be real. Well, the the case last June opened a real can of worms about not, um, you know, in terms not doing business with the gay community because it goes against your morals because of your religion. I mean, are people going to start saying, well, my religion says that um, I don't support people who are African-American or my religion says I don't support people who are Muslim or people who are um, Jewish. I mean, yeah, it's a huge can of worms. And really, if you were to read business licenses, when you sign up for a business license, at least I know in Colorado, it says you have to serve everybody. You are signing away that you are going to sign for everybody. Right. I mean, if you're not willing to do business with everybody, you must not like money. Right. Start <laughs> a business. You want money. Right. Well, I would love to see one day the LGBTQIA plus community say. I remember this happened with undocumented people. I don't know. It kind of fell apart, but I do remember it in the news probably 10 years ago where everyone doesn't, everyone calls off work. Everyone stays away from the grocery store, the, the, the mall, the buying off Amazon, any drive through anything. Um, and I think people would realize, you know, how important. I mean, not to get into history, but, you know, the Montgomery bus boycott worked. Yes. Yeah. The problem is, is getting all of them to do it. That's the bigger problem. And not one person rode that bus. Not one. Yep. Yep. So I think it would work because I hate to tell people, one in three. (laughs) One in three. (laughs) Yeah. Those numbers don't lie. Yeah. Um. Well, I think we'll wrap it up there. This has been amazing. Thank you so much. I know we talked earlier and you said, I'm so nervous. I said, you will not be nervous. I promise you, I won't allow you to be nervous. So hopefully you weren't nervous. I appreciate it. Because you did great. You came off cool as a cucumber. So uh, thank you all for listening. Thank you all that are here in the live. Thank you all that are listening later on on your streaming platform. Thank you, Trans Jedi, for being here. I do appreciate it. And if you ever want to come back, you let me know. We will do a round two. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right. You're welcome. Good night, everybody. Good night.